McKellen Ellis was recommended to me as a podcast guest by a friend after we had a conversation about how tricky it can be to make a financial plan when every single month your income is different. Most photographers fall into that lovely freelance community of people who don't necessarily make the same amount of money week in and week out. And that can be great, but it can also really be tricky. And when it comes to financial planning, almost all of the gurus who are out there are talking about people who are making a paycheck that comes in every other week. So in today's conversation with McKellen, she is giving us really solid advice for how you can plan for all of life's expenses, the big ones, the little ones, the fun ones, the surprise bad ones, even when your income is totally different month to month. And she's got some really amazing strategies. But before I cue the music, I want to remind those of you who may not know that I do offer a course that addresses exactly this issue, not so much the financial planning part, but the stabilizing your income part. It's called Revenue on Repeat, and it's about setting up a membership in your portrait photography business. I converted my most of my family clients into a membership back in 2019, and when the pandemic hit in 2020, what happened was all of my photographer friends essentially had their income grind to a halt, whereas mine just kept rolling in month after month. And the membership has really freed up a lot of my marketing stress. It has made my schedule a lot more predictable. And it's been really great for my clients as well. Many of my family clients had aspirations to get family photos done each year. But until the membership model became an option for them, they didn't really stick to that plan. That was just kind of a a hope instead of a plan. So I would love to teach you how to do that. You can learn more about the course at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash revenue. And with that, I will turn it over to my conversation with McKellen. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. McAllen, welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. It's so great to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing great, Anami. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure, and I am super excited for today's conversation because I know that um, (laughs) I look at my job as an educator, as helping photographers build businesses that actually generate profit, but I, from Mm -hmm. very personal experience, know that the next step in that process is managing those profits responsibly in a way that ends up building the, um, I guess, freedom in your business and your life that working is supposed to give us. So, um, so I feel like you're the expert on that and I'm really excited. Um, I would love to have you just kind of introduce yourself. I love the, your about page on your website and how you talk about your, your focus. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to shut my mouth and let you do a little introducing of yourself. Sounds good. 
Well, um, my name is McKellen. I am the owner and coach of The Cash Coach. And um, the reason why uh, five years ago I got into financial coaching is I found that there was this gap within finances that wasn't being met. And as a banker and a mortgage lender, I realized I was not able to help my clients in a way that um, we really got down and dirty, like with their numbers, with their habits, their behaviors, how to manage their money. And so um, I took the leap five years ago into starting our business. Fin personal finances has actually been something since I can remember like 12 years old that I've just loved and consumed. Um, I loved making money. I loved managing money. I enjoyed the process of paying down debt. Um, so early on in our, my, I got married and um, early on in our marriage, I feel like one thing that has been able to help me as a financial coach, help clients is really um, personally being able to identify like what are our values like what is important to us because you can find a lot of blog posts out there of you know trying to organize your money um, there's you know endless resources but really what set us apart was understanding like where did we want to spend our money? Mm -hmm. Like how do we take the money that comes in and how do we um, put it out in a way that serves us? So I took my experience as a banker, as a mortgage lender, as my personal passion since I think I was like 12 and then um, um, understanding like what, our values were and how I could educate others on how to better manage and feel more confident around their money. Yeah. Which is so crucial, that piece of like really understanding why you're making money beyond just the basics of like providing shelter and food for yourself <laughs> and anybody else yeah. responsible for. Um, yeah, that is, it, I feel like getting that clarity is kind of step one. Um, right. I love what you say, uh, in, in your, about, about the fact that you're on a mission to help a thousand driven professionals to reach their first hundred thousand dollars in net worth. Um, when I mm -hmm. was, so to give you a little background about me, I got yeah. divorced in 2017. I got married quite young and then I got divorced mm -hmm. in 2017. And from the time, I guess when I, before I got married, before I was in that relationship, I was, um, I didn't have, I mean, <laughs> money management was basically like, take everything you make, put it in your bank account and cover your, you know, your basic expenses. There was not much to it. It was pretty straightforward. Um, and then my ex-husband had sort of been at the helm of our finances, uh, during my marriage. And so when we got divorced, I was, uh, to say that I was overwhelmed and like had a giant amount of fear about like how I was going to handle all this is a, an understatement. But um, but one of the things that was really frustrating for me at that point, because when we split, um, unfortunately, I found out that the money management 
was not in, uh, wasn't in very good shape. And so I was, I didn't have a lot of money and trying to get help with that was so difficult. Like mm. we're like, come back to me when you have yeah. a bunch of money. And I was like, no, the problem is I can't right. get there. <laughs> so I love the fact that you are targeting people who are in that phase. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that gap of, um, like, all right, who's going to guide me? Like, who's going to, who's going to educate me? Um, absolutely. One thing also, when it comes to like starting my business, like a passion point is financial literacy. Like what you were just saying, like something that you didn't know a lot about. Well, it isn't taught. Unfortunately, it's starting to get better, but financial literacy is not taught um, oftentimes in school. And it's not just a one-time class that needs to be happening. I mean, this should be grade school, middle school, high school, college, and just keep building on it. So there's that. But I work with a lot of adults with, uh, um, obviously, with their finances. And I think there's something to indicate when it comes to financial literacy versus financial coaching. Okay. So Again, financial literacy is amazing and there needs to be focus, but helping adults, especially solopreneurs with their money, this is where, again, coaching comes into place. So with money, what you experienced personally, um, money being the number one cause of stress in the United States, financial coaching, in my humble opinion, is the solution. It's actually not financial literacy at this point um, as adults. And you're probably going like, wait, what? <laughs> why are you saying like, why are you saying that? Again, financial literacy is needed, but you can Google anything. You can Google any financial question, but how do you, how do you tie that into your personal uh, financial journey of like where you're at? How do you put it into action? So the difference between financial literacy and what I do as a financial coach is financial coaching is all about taking the knowledge and applying it. Sure. The applying a part is the hard part, right? So financial coaching um, is all about taking action and no longer being uh, passive in the information that you're taking. Financial coaching a good financial coach is not putting you into a cookie cutter plan, right? Right, that you might be reading, that you might be googling, right? Everyone, everyone's plan, all of my clients' plans are all different, and they should be different. We're all in different places in our journey. We all have different goals. Everything's different. A financial coach versus financial literacy, financial co coaching helps you create strategies. It focuses on your behaviors. It focuses on your habits that help you be proactive and sustainable with your finances. And financial coaching also puts you in control of your money so you can make decisions with confidence. So that is the difference in my opinion on like what a financial coach does and going back to that gap that you were talking about that you experienced that I hope financial coaches are starting to um, fill. To address. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is really hard um, as a solopreneur in the line of business that I'm in and that 
probably most of the people listening are in, unless my mom is listening. She's not a photographer, but she does. <laughs> she does like to listen sometimes. Um, is uh, is the fact that our income can be pretty wildly different from mm-hmm. season to season, mm-hmm. month to month. Like when I was then, you know, five years ago or six years ago, whenever it was, trying to self educate about a lot of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Almost everything out there that is written and all that is um, like, it's written for people who get a paycheck. And at the time I did, I wasn't writing a paycheck to myself. Now I'm better about that. But, um, but the, uh, but it was hard to, to budget. It was hard to estimate expenses. I mean, I guess the expenses part was a little bit easier to, to, um, to know, but planning for paying for those uh, got complicated because of the variable income thing. I assume, I know you work with a lot of solopreneurs. We can't be, yeah. photographers aren't the only people who have variable income. How, um, how do you kind of manage that with your, with your clients that don't get a paycheck? So the end goal, um, as you kind of indicated is to give yourself a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that is the end goal, but the steps to get to that end goal start by really like understanding your personal expenses. I know it's not sexy, right? I know it's maybe not the answer that people are looking for, but the first step is really to understand what are your personal expenses. And I coach on breaking those down into three categories. We are um, understanding our reoccurring expenses, your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, the little subscriptions, the larger subscriptions, minimum debt payments. The second category that um, we got to get organized in is your day-to-day spending. So uh, this is where the money leaks happen. This is the part that people really have a hard time understanding where their money is going, and then two, how to manage it. So this is your Starbucks and your targets. Nothing's wrong with these expenses. We just need clarity and a system on how to like better manage it. And then the third category that we get organized in is your non-reoccurring expenses or your random expenses. So this can look like your um, annual payments that you have. So your car insurance, car registration, um, Amazon, you know, annual subscriptions to classes or courses or whatever it may be, uh, personal grooming, right? You can get your hair done and it can be like 200 bucks or I have clients like, you know, Botox is important. That happens every three to four, uh, three to four months. And it's three to $400. Like, how do you, how do you manage that? Right? So that's how we get organized is the first step. Once and if if your listeners want a a cheat sheet on how to kind of start organizing this, they can head over to the cashcoachpro.com and there will be a little pop-up that comes up. Stop winging your uh, finances, create a budget that actually works and that can help them start getting organized in those three steps. So step number one for my solopreneurs with a variable income is we still have to focus on the personal expenses. Step number two is what you do actually a really great job with of like educating your clients, educating your listeners on knowing your numbers, right? So we, the next step would be understanding, well, what, 
have you historically made in the past? And like breaking that down month by month. So we are trying to understand what is the patterns, what are the trends when it comes to your past income? And then um, we then come up with a game plan of taking that historical information and out of just a bare minimum, what you like need, what's your average. I do love that you teach on really focusing on like what you want to make. I think there is like what you want to make and what you need to make sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We're still in the stage of what do you need to make, right? So um, knowing your numbers is that second step. What comes with knowing your numbers is it creates empowerment. Mm -hmm. You're more motivated when you know your numbers. Um, I had a client who just told me like their business, she was a lactation specialist. Her business that she's been in for three years now feels more like a real business because she's gaining clarity around her numbers. Mm -hmm. She's like welcoming the boundaries that she's kind of starting to put in place with her finances and with saying yes to certain gigs and certain clients, right? Yeah. Um, that aligns to what's important to her. And I think your um, uh, listeners can really probably relate to that. And she's excited for the goals. So that would be like step number two. Right. And I I love that because it it really is, I talk to a lot of photographers on a regular basis about, you know, <laughs> You have to know your numbers. You have to know your numbers. I feel like a broken record when I talk about it sometimes, but um, I, that I do come to that from a place of like personal. I am I am very very sensitive to how scary that is, and I think a lot of people put mm -hmm. up the like I hate numbers, I hate money, which is a strange thing mm -hmm. since we all ultimately need it and um and yeah. transact with it all the time, but um yeah. But there is the, the, like, a lot of people have these very big defense mechanisms put in place that, like, have, it almost contributes to who, how they see themselves, like, their personal identity as, like, oh, well, yes. I'm not really into money. When when you actually get down to it and finally have that, like, come to Jesus about, like, nope, you actually have to know these numbers, it really is just mm -hmm. this fear that once they know them, they're going to, like, the whole thing is going to fall apart when in fact they get to know their numbers. And even if their numbers are a total disaster, that does empower them with this ability to like put Absolutely. a plan in place to get it straightened out. And then once it is in, in, you know, order and they have this, like my pricing is set, my systems are set. Then they're like on, you know, there's no stopping them. They're kind of on the, on the highway. So, uh, so yeah, that part always, I love watching that transformation. Yeah, know your numbers is powerful um, and needed and needed. Um, so with, once you kind of know your personal expenses, you know your numbers per, like uh, personally and from your business, now comes the system. Now comes like where uh, my solopreneurs that I coach, your listeners are, are waiting for. So the system, as I mentioned, the ultimate goal is to pay yourself like an employer is paying yourself, okay? So there's steps to do that. The first thing when putting your system together um, 
is I highly encourage that everyone has at least one personal checking account, one personal savings account, one business account, one business savings account, okay? From there, we want all of the income that they make to be going into their business account. We are we have to stop the co-mingling. We gotta clean that up, so no more co-mingling. Any expenses that are in the business account that are really personal, like if they truly are, like separate them out. So that's step number one. Then it comes to the paycheck system. So we want to stop the madness of multiple uh, transfers coming out of your your business account to pay for your business, or excuse me, we wanna like stop the transfers from your business account going into your personal account, right? We, we want two, just like a paycheck going in there. And with that brings confidence, right? So I've never really met a client who feels in control of their money when I see that they have 15 debits coming out of their business account, moving over to their personal checking account to cover transactions. It's like they're con consistently always like on edge, always putting out little fires. They just simply don't feel like they have control. So once we know um, your personal, what you need to make from a personal standpoint, and then the step two was knowing your numbers, business numbers, we ultimately come up, well, what is this paycheck going to be like? And this paycheck should happen on the 1st or the 15th or the 15th to the 31st. And it happens automatically. No more manually doing it. You want to set up your system. So the, you know, the goal with understanding your money is then how do you make it easier? And you're setting up the automations and the systems just like you do within your business. Now we're taking those same ideas and putting it into your personal finances. Nice. So you are essentially paying yourself a paycheck twice a month. Um, yep. And you are, I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton to the way that you advise people to, yeah. um, to do that. But I think my big thing is like that paycheck has to be paid before I go thinking about buying a new lens or any of that sort of stuff, because mm -hmm. that, you know, that's, that's how I pay myself. Um, and yep, that part is just as important as any other expense in the business. But a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of photographers that I know will sort of not take money out of their business. They'll reinvest it in their business all the time, which is, it is a choice. That is a fine choice. But I think it is mm -hmm. important to at mm -hmm. least earmark that money as like, okay, fine. You're making that choice from your personal, um, yeah, you know, because you have that room in your personal life. But I think it's good. Yeah. And yeah. And I think, you know, that dollar amount is different for, for everyone, but I still think the idea of the structure of a consistent dollar mm -hmm. coming out two times a month, regardless of what the purpose or what it is covering is so important. One thing that, um, to remember when it comes to personal finances is personal finances is actually 80% psychology, right? Yep. It is the mindset. It is how we think of it, how we view it. Um, and it's 20% the actual 
math behind it. And so why with like clients and here I'm like continuing to say it is about the system is because you are addressing the psychology part of money by knowing your numbers, having the system in place, um, regardless of, you know, what it is covering or how much you are paying yourself, right? You know what the money is for. Okay. So you set up that uh, transfer. Yep. And then after that. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Yep. So to take it a step further, this is actually one of my client's favorite um, uh, strategies that we put in place both personally and for their business is called savings buckets. Um, savings buckets are one of my favorite things to talk about because again, it, it kind of ad addresses the oh shit moments in life that we all um, encounter, but it can be for unexpected or expected expenses. So savings buckets. The idea is just like that paycheck, we wanna fund these savings accounts consistently, you know, two times a month. What these savings buckets are for, or what they look like, is let's talk on a personal standpoint. We have a savings account that allows us to have virtual buckets underneath it. They're also called sinking funds, if you've heard that terminology, but um, ideally uh, a financial institution called Ally Bank, A-L-L-Y, does an awesome job at allowing us to do this, is opening up one savings account and having virtual buckets that you nickname and you are consistently putting money into these virtual buckets. So you are always putting $200 towards a vacation bucket. You are always putting $100 towards your personal grooming bucket. You are always putting $100 towards auto expenses. So when life's moments happen, expected or unexpected, we are not trying to be like, oh, well, my paycheck doesn't like cover this anymore. You have this buffer. It's incredibly powerful. So now if we like bring this into business, we have one savings account that has buckets. The buckets could be taxes, <laughs> right? That should definitely be happening. Important. You're <laughs> allocating money towards, our, yep, yep, every single paycheck, there's a percentage going into that tax bucket. Um, retirement, right? Like we are every paycheck putting money into a retirement bucket if we aren't sure exactly where it's going at the moment or we're doing it at the end of the year for many different reasons. Another one, like you mentioned, lenses, right? The equipment. 
well, what if every paycheck you put a percentage of like what you made either for the month or just a annual like 5%, 10%, 15% towards um, equipment. What if there was a bucket for PTO, right? We don't get paid. I like a lot of my solopreneurs are um, women in the service industry. Mm -hmm. So we are exchanging our time and, and oftentimes our time for money. Well, when we are on vacation, we aren't making anything. So we have a bucket for PTO time. So you can, you can continue to pay yourself that consistent paycheck and not feel guilty about taking time off, right? Uh, another bucket could be uh, marketing or education or courses. So that is how, um, I coach on using savings buckets, both personally and from a solopreneur standpoint. One of the things that I love most about photographers, <laughs> but that gets us into trouble is the fact that many of us become business owners with a lot of art education, but like very little mm -hmm. often business experience. And so mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, and again, myself included once upon a time, um, are reactive spenders in their businesses. And so reaction can be to some sort of like problem that comes up, like I dropped my camera and I have a big repair bill, but it can also be reacting to something like an ad that they saw and they end up, you know, buying something because it was like bright, shiny object syndrome. And we are all, we all do that from time to time. Sometimes those are good things. Sometimes they're not, but, um, but if you are proactive about your budgeting and your planning, if you say at the beginning of the year, when you're not looking at some ad on Instagram or whatever, I'm going to allocate 10% of my income this year is going to go to marketing and I'm pulling numbers up. I mean, that's totally not, yep. Yep. I'm not trying yep. to make recommendations on that. But basically, if you're right. saying that from a clear headed place, then when you do have that ad that pops up and you're like, oh, I think this is going to be a really fun thing to buy. Then you go like check your budget, your bucket, as it were. And you say like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I can afford this right now. And so you make that decision, even though it's reactive in the moment a little bit, you have proactively accommodated for that in the overall budget. And that for me was really the yes. big aha moment was like, oh, I can actually do this and stick to it if I'm if I'm um, putting those systems in place. So that's awesome. Yes. And, and for those who don't do well with purchase pauses, as I um, call it, and they get excited about stuff and they just kind of react on stuff. When you go, when you have the system in place, it can also be like, oh, wait, I don't have the funds yet. And, but next month I will, or next paycheck I will. And then what's fascinating, both personally and business, right, is you come back in 15 days from now, and then you go like, okay, I have the money. And then you go, wait, <laughs> this isn't really as exciting as I thought it was, right? right? Like, I, I'm no longer excited for this purchase. So it also kind of gives you like those, those guardrails of like, can I afford it? Can I not afford it? Sometimes it makes you pause on the transaction, I loved that you use the words proactive and reactive, because that is a lot about what financial coaching is all about with understanding the emotions behind spending. I am 
currently teaching for an online, uh, like an online conference kind of a thing. And one of my responsibilities as a teacher is to be available for questions. And this woman asked a question the other day, I guess she's sort of a new photographer or she's just setting up her business. And she, in the Facebook group was like, I don't know if this is, this question is allowed, but, um, and I feel kind of weird asking this, but I am just wondering, I'm, you know, I have all these things I need to I feel like I need to spend money on for my business, but I don't want to, you know, I'm worried that if my business fails, it's going to, you know, hurt my family that I will have spent all this money. Do most photographers spend, you know, take out loans to start their businesses or are they um, sort of bootstrapping it as they go? Can you give me any sense as to what the right amount is to spend at the beginning? And, um, and I responded and I was like, I'm just so grateful that you asked this question because this is just in general, I feel like um, in lots of artistic communities, it's like this dirty little secret. Like we don't talk about money. We don't talk about how much money we make. We don't talk about how we make it or, you know, whatever. And bad things grow in the dark. Like you, you should shine some light on these things. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and shed some light on this somewhat tricky subject for a lot of people. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. I know you've got this freebie for my listeners that I am going to put in the show notes. So that's going to be awesome. But um, but where can they find you? If you want to join me in regards to the newsletter that I send out that has actionable steps to take each month in order to um, gain confidence around your finances, um, you can go and join at thecashcoachpro.com and the pop-up will come up and come and join me or you can join me on Instagram and I will, uh, we can also attach that if you'd like, but yep. uh, the Cash Coach Pro at Instagram, which is a fun page to come and join with. Excellent. You know, five or six years later, this was such a painful subject for me at that time, mm -hmm. but now it's actually something that I really enjoy talking about and thinking about because of that whole knowledge is power thing. You know, even if you're still in progress, even if your business is small and growing, having those clear goals and understanding what it's going to take to get from where you are to where you're headed, it's like having a map. So much more. It is. So much more confidence than just trying to like find your way, fail your way forward, so to speak. <laughs> Or winging it, winging it yeah. financially, right? That That's wonderful that you have a course that helps photographers feel like they're not winging it um, from starting their business because, you know, from a financial, starting your own business, because I did the same thing starting my own business. Um, having like, you know, that teacher, that that course, that, that mentor to, uh, to guide you through the process to save really a lot of time and money is powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Once upon a time, I used to photograph weddings. I haven't for several years okay. at this point, but um, I my clients would come and one of the things that they would often be kind of on the fence about was whether or not they should hire a wedding planner. And my answer was not always the same for everybody because it really would depend on mm -hmm. the situation. But for the people who whose weddings would benefit from a, from a planner, my, they would say, yeah, it's really expensive though. And my, my response was always what you spend on this is going to come back to you. You know, if you hire a good planner, 
it will probably save you money over time because you won't be making mistakes that you would make if you were trying to do it on your own. You'll They have like better deals for you and can lead you there. And I have just found there is that sort of scarcity mindset, especially when mm-hmm. the budget is small and you're, you can feel that acutely, but, um, but sometimes thinking forward to the fact that certain kinds of investments will pay for themselves and then some. Yeah. So having, yeah, it- like in your example, stress time, right? Yeah. Like the, you know, that they're taking off their plate. If they're, if they're already in a chapter in their life, that's quite stressful. Mm-hmm. You're hiring somebody to make this beautiful day less stressful. The time that you're getting back yeah. by not worrying about the details and you know same thing kind of goes with financial coaching right oh wait <laughs> you're wanting me to pay uh like things are already feeling tight with yeah. money right and now you're wanting me to pay for financial coaching and it's it's about the value it's about like what are you getting in return from from that you're getting the guidance you're taking the stress out of money you're talking about your scenario right yeah. and so absolutely yeah Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, McKellen. It has been a pleasure chatting with you. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.